The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body and won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pa the Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I'm happy to share my 15 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Happy New Year to you all. I'm so excited to be back here talking to you guys in 2018. I, I hope that you all had a wonderful holiday season. My uh, husband and I took a fantastic trip up to Boston. It's such a charming city during the holidays. We walked through Beacon Hill and the Boston Common on Christmas Eve. It was beautiful. And then it, we had a white Christmas on Christmas Day. We spent a couple more days to enjoy the time up there. Of course, I got a little bit sick in the process. Um, I work really hard, and it's funny because I often don't get sick while I'm working, but the second I relax, all my body just like lets go, and illness takes over. But it wasn't so bad that I couldn't enjoy the time, but I was sick for a few days after I got back. I spent, or both of us spent our our New Year's in Philadelphia, and uh, we had a great time. I'm not a big New Year's person if you checked out my blog on dancing off stage. Um, I was talking about resolutions and how I don't really do resolutions. I'd rather be revolutionary <laughs> and revelationary. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't really do resolutions. I'm also, I'm kind of weird. I'm not the hugest fan of New Year's, uh, New Year's celebrations just because I feel like everybody feels like it has to be the biggest night of the year. And then uh, they f- make all these resolutions that many people don't, create the building blocks to keep. So I, I'm, I like a low key new year's. That's what we got. Glad that we did it. I was recovering from my, my bad cold and all that. So, um, been doing a lot of teaching lately. 
I, I have six kids that are competing at Youth America Grand Prix, and I created contemporary choreography for them. So I spent much of the break working on that, and I'll be spending the next couple of months preparing them for that as well. Um, if you are interested in taking class with me, uh, if you are a regular listener, you already know this. If you are new, uh, my classes at Broadway Dance Center are on Tuesdays, I do beginner ballet classes at 10.30 a.m., um, and on Fridays, I do advanced beginner ballet classes at 6 p.m., um, on Sundays, I typically do basic ballet at 6 p.m., um, and that will be happening this Sunday. But after that, uh, for the next eight weeks, I will be teaching an, my second Absolute Beginner Workshop uh, for ballet. So uh, if you are in the New York area and you are interested in learning the basic beginning foundation of, of ballet and what it takes to get into those basic ballet classes. Uh, this is a workshop for you. I, um, aside from just teaching the basics from first position legs and arms to fifth position legs and arms to the basic structure of bar and, and all of that, I also like to make sure that you're educated on, uh, like how the dance world, like the ballet world actually works. So you understand how companies work. And if you go see a performance, you'll have a better idea of what you're seeing. So if you're interested in joining me for that, of course, you can always reach out to me on my website, contact page, www.barrycorollis.com. On my contact page, you can just email me and I can give you the information or you can contact Broadway Dance Center directly. That's actually the easiest way to do it. Um, You can go to broadwaydancecenter.com or you can... uh, find their phone number and you can give them a call and register. I hope to see some of you guys there. I've been seeing more and more of you listeners uh, in my classes and it just fills my heart with joy. Um, Oh, something I forgot to say. This month at Broadway Dance Center for all my regular ballet classes, I am focusing on Petit Allegro. Um, so if you feel like you need to brush up on on your Petit Allegro, we are starting from scratch um, to make sure that uh, you, you got it covered. I, I've noticed that, especially for adult students, Petit Allegro is usually just sort of passed over and people hope that they get it. But I am tired of watching people just stumble through Petit Allegro. So I decided instead of watching that, I'm going to just break it down from the beginning. So all month long, I'll be doing that at Broadway Dance Center. Also, um, I'm starting to get a couple of places and people reaching out to me for summer work. So if you're interested in working with me this summer uh, in either ballet technique, contemporary technique, partnering, point, variations, all those types of things, uh, you know how to get in contact with me from what I just said. Alrighty, now that I got the entre- the entree spiel, spiel, my words aren't working for me today. Um, let's move on to what today's topic is. So, um, there's a lot that's been happening here in New York City in, in the ballet world. Um, it's been very interesting. I can't remember the exact date that this first happened, but I was sort of given a little bit of a heads up about a month in advance that something was going to be uh, announced that an expose was going to happen in either the New York Times or the Washington Post, and uh, nobody knew who was going to get to it first. But um, Peter Martins was being accused of sexual harassment, sexual assault, and he um, 
he in in his when the big expose did finally come out it mentioned that there was an investigation that the board was was going through in order to see if these allegations were true um but they weren't just investigating his post at new york city ballet sorry i forgot to mention he's the the ballet master in chief at new york city ballet um and he is essentially the artistic director. They don't have the artistic director title there, but the director of the organization. Um, and there are allegations of sexual harassment and sexual assault that uh, go back to his work, not only in New York City Ballet, but at the School of American Ballet. Um I don't really like to make this podcast like the gossip rags. <laughs> um, I am not the paparazzi, but this is a topic that's, I think, really important to discuss. Um, so let's keep on keep on discussing it. So uh, this investigation started about a month ago, um, and it, it was kind of quiet after, well, well okay, initially the, the expose went, and then there was another article where it started mentioning a few uh, dancers, but nobody directly came forward and, and mentioned anything about sexual harassment or sexual assault, but uh, a handful of former dancers started to mention uh, that while they were not sexually assaulted by Mr. Martins, that there were there was some issues with him with physical assault, which, I mean, it's still a problem. <laughs> so um, people came forth, some people that uh, are still involved in the dance world, uh, but mostly that are either not involved anymore or that are uh, involved through their spouses or things like that. Um, so this conversation shifted from one type of assault to another, but it still was an issue. But throughout this entire investigation, um, Peter Martins has denied that he has done anything wrong. Um, now, I will say that for many years being involved, the dance world gets really, really small once you become a professional dancer. Um, and there have been whisperings of things that happen have, or have happened at New York City Ballet for years. Um, and I, I, of course, cannot sit here and say, yes, this happened because I know it happened from this person and that person. But the way that I usually see gossip is that there's an element of exaggeration, but there's probably an element of truth in there too. Um, so uh, we are now in the first week of January and we found out <laughs> on January 1st in the evening on the new year that um, Mr. Martins had contacted the board of New York City Ballet after unfortunately uh, being arrested for driving while under the influence. Um, and so be, I think because of the stress of what was happening and with the situations that's that, that the situation that has been happening with his daughter, there's, there's a lot of things his daughter has uh, been dealing with a legal problem that has resulted from her drug use and other things like that. But um, he got a DUI and he felt that it was just that this investigation was so deeply disrupting his life and that it was also causing issues for New York City Ballet and the School of American Ballet. He decided to, to tender his resignation to the board, which was accepted. So um, Peter Martins is no longer the ballet master in chief for New York City Ballet and the company has uh, 
they're now in a place that is only and uh, they're in a position that has only happened one other time with them. Um, so there's been a lot of discussion about who should lead New York City Ballet. Before I get too deep into this topic, if you are newer to the dance world, if you're just listening to this podcast for the first time, let me just give you a little bit of some background about New York City Ballet. Um, I'm not going to say that it is the most important uh, company in the United States, but New York City Ballet is one of the most important (laughs) aspects of our ballet scene here in uh, the United States of America. And the reason for this is uh, not just because they have fantastic dancers, but it's more about the history of the organization than it is about the the present day uh, functioning of the organization. Uh, New York City Ballet was founded by George Balanchine. And if you don't know who George Balanchine is, I suggest you Google it. (laughs) I should do a podcast just on George Balanchine at some point. But uh, Mr. B, as many people affectionately have called him, um, George Balanchine, he was a Russian choreographer that came to the United States. And he is responsible for... uh, creating the School of American Ballet. He is responsible for building New York City Ballet. He is responsible for some of uh, today's most popular choreography. He was a, a fantastic choreographer. I've danced his work, and it's some of the the best work I've ever danced. It just feels so good to move in his work. Um, sometimes when you're dancing in a classical ballet, it's more about the idea of telling a story, and the movement can be... Uh, constricted by the the story that you're trying to tell. Um, In most of Balanchine's works, it is all about the dance. And the way that he moves, it just feels so good on your body. And to get to dance's works, it's really one of the highlights of my career uh, as as a professional dancer. So um, so George Balanchine was uh, responsible for all these. He's also, you may not know this, he was responsible for popularizing Nutcracker in the United States. Um, in the U.S., during the holiday season, everybody does Nutcracker. In the rest of the world, it doesn't actually always happen that way because it's not as popularized. But Mr. B's uh, version of the Nutcracker really uh, made it the holiday tradition that it is. Um, so anyway, Mr. B, he built New York City Ballet from the ground up with Lincoln Kirsten and then Jerome Robbins joined in to help him as ballet master and then help with choreography, uh, doing his own different take on, on, on works. Um, so somebody that was so integral to this organization and to really the American dance scene, um, founded this this company, New York City Ballet. And when he passed away back in, I believe it was 1983, um, because that's the year that I was born, <laughs> as I age myself on <laughs> for the entire public to know. Um, but <laughs> I don't really care. Um, but yeah, so Mr. B passed away in 1983. And in, uh, I think he had a famous saying like, après moi, the board and essentially after me the board would take over but there still needed to be a leader um and jerome robbins and peter martins were both appointed leaders of of the company and eventually jerome robbins was phased out and peter martins took over um so uh, essentially while yeah there were three people throughout the the history of new york city ballet in charge it's really mostly only been uh 
George Balanchine and Peter Martin. So somebody who was so important to the to the American the creation of the American ballet scene, George Balanchine. Uh, it, it, he, he made it really difficult for there to be somebody to follow in his footsteps. Um, and Peter Martins, when he took over the company, uh, a lot of people felt like the company wouldn't be able to continue. And there were definitely, from what I've heard, hard times after Mr. B left. Um, in the past like 10 to 15 years, New York City Ballet has really been in uh, a new era of enlightenment. And not, not necessarily choreographically. Yes, uh, it has bred new fantastic choreographers like uh, Justin Peck, Alexei Ratmansky, and, and Christopher Wielden. Um, but there's been a been new excitement with the leading dancers of our generation, um, which I'm very proud to say many of them were uh, peers of mine in school. Um, <laughs> that's kind of cool to say. But um, it seems that there was a very difficult transition and uh eventually when peter martins finally found his footing it seems like it kind of changed a bit but there were just many things that were being swept under the rug and they all finally came uh they came bubbling to the top and uh especially with the me too movement this in the past year and the cultural shift in the united states that uh women are finally <laughs> asking to be treated properly and in the process uh, many people are asking to be treated properly and the ballet world is very it's very weird because a lot of us got hired as kids and a lot of us get hired by people that know us as or knew us as kids and as we become adults sometimes they forget that we're not kids um and then also at the same time if you go to the other side of the spectrum with uh, sexual harassment and sexual assault can be really confusing when you're in a dance studio and you are practicing a romantic ballet um, and you're or you're not practicing romantic ballet but you're doing a work where you're partnering and you're touching each other and it's like a looser atmosphere in a dance studio I always would say that when I was working that if the things that happened in a dance studio happened in an office or business <laughs> like a I don't know like say if it happened at like Amazon, or if it happened uh, in the New York Times uh, offices, like it would be unacceptable. It would be completely unacceptable. But in the dance world, that's just what you do. I mean, you're wearing practically nothing, and it, it's sometimes you're acting in a sexual manner or an erotic manner that is required for the work. Um, so it can be a challenging atmosphere, but. I, I, we do, still don't know what this investigation, uh, as to what happened with Peter Martins, we don't know how it's going to turn out. And, um, I am a bit disappointed that Mr. Martins didn't wait for the investigation to finish and then face whatever that result was. Um, and that the board was okay with him resigning. I wish that they would have said, we don't accept this. We're going to wait for this investigation. Um, but it is what it is, and now they have to move on. So um, I want to step aside for one second uh, and, and just talk about what people are saying. Um, one of the main uh, things that has been really interesting to watch is what is being said and what isn't being said. Um, most of the dancers that have been working for New York City Ballet have, have kept mum throughout this this uh, probably traumatic experience. Um, when Mr. Marnes did decide to 
retire from the organization a couple days ago. Um, some dancers did post to, to social media to say how they felt, um, where the dancers of today seem to be more uh, distraught about the fact that he's leaving. Many of the dancers of yesterday um, and some dancers from from today have been posting that those dancers just are, are blind to what actually was happening. Um, it's always interesting to see what comes out in the news um, and to see how people react to it. If any of you have ever checked out, there is a website called Ballet Alert. It's balletalert.envisionzone.com and it's a ballet forum. And uh, these, I, like I said, I've said in bef- previous podcasts, they can get kind of gossipy. Um, but it's been really interesting to see like people who have had interactions as donors with him um, and how he was able to really charm people and how former dancers were afraid of him um, and like the difference between the perception of people that don't know anything versus the people that have like light knowledge of interacting and people that interacted with him every day. Um, but aside from that, on all these forums, it's been really interesting because before the second or b- before he resigned and the second that all this news went out, people immediately started pondering who should take over the organization. Um, I thought that that was a little bit overkill. It was a little too soon, you know. Uh, give it some time to settle and figure it out. Um, but a lot of people have been naming names, even to the point where I think the Washington Post. Um, or the New York Times in their article on the 1st of January posted who they think is at the top of the board's list. Um, I mean, when, when the organization, uh, when they decided to ask Mr. Martins to step aside while they did their investigation, they appointed four ballet masters and mistresses to, to run the organization. Um, and I thought that that was a great idea because it didn't lay the blame on one person or put stress out one person too much because there are so many dancers and so many there's the orchestra there's the costume shop there's this the there's the crew um there's all so many different aspects there's marketing and admin all that of of this organization that one person probably couldn't handle all of that work and then also if Mr. Martins did come back, it kept a target off of one person's back it sort of spread it out so that nobody, not one person could be blamed for trying to help out an organization during a difficult time. Um, so there has been speculation that any of the four of those dancers or sorry, not dancers, ballet masters or mistresses could become the next leader. But, uh, the first few people that were mentioned were, uh, people that have, been former dancers with the company which makes complete sense because new york city ballet they they pretty much survive on nepotism within the organization not saying that in a negative way but the idea is like if you're not from new york city ballet you're you're probably not going to direct the organization it's kind of like the idea how many people in the company uh didn't go through sab the school of american ballet uh i think at this point practically everybody except for maybe ask lacor um, I don't know if there's anybody else that didn't go through the school of American ballet at some point. Um, the people that have really come to the forefront of the conversation to lead, uh, New York city ballet have been Benjamin Millipier, who has Los Angeles dance project. He's a former principal dancer with New York city ballet. And he is, he ran the Paris opera ballet, uh, 
for a short period of time um, and it doesn't seem like that went too well. Not saying that it didn't. I'm just saying that based off of <laughs> all of the information that was being passed around, it didn't seem like that was a, a good fit on either side. Um, other people that have been mentioned. Peter Bull was mentioned. The artistic director of Pacific Northwest Ballet, as was Damien Wetzel, who uh, has he runs the Vale International Dance Festival, and he most recently took the post of president of uh, Ju- the Juilliard School. Um, one or two other people that have been mentioned, Lourdes Lopez, she's the director of Miami City Ballet, um, formerly the director of Morphosis, which was Christopher Wielden's company, who I mentioned earlier, he used to be the resident choreographer of New York City Ballet. Um, and then most recently, uh, conversation has passed to Wendy Whelan, who recently retired from, uh, New York City Ballet. She was a fantastic dancer, uh, one of the one of those dancers that didn't really quite fit the the Balanchine mold, but really carved her own path at New York City Ballet. She was recently featured in a movie uh, or a documentary that you can see on Netflix, which I still need to watch. Embarrassed to say this, but it's called Restless Creature. So check that out if you're curious about that. Um, but yeah, all of these all of these perspective ballet master and chiefs or directors have all their names have all been uh put forth but I'll, I'll be really curious to see who actually ends up getting this position but i'm gonna offer you my opinion on the matter and i'm not going to tell you who i think should be the new director of the organization um because i i'm pretty sure that no matter what happens i'm going to be disappointed <clears throat> and i don't really like to say that but um this allows me to segue into a conversation that I've had in the past. Um, I had a, all my life of a freelance dancer blog. I, I did a blog called uh, The Principal Problem. I think I even did a podcast episode that sort of rehashed that blog. Um, I, I feel that our art form is, it really suffers from this idea that star dancers should become artistic directors immediately after their careers. Um, if you look at certain dancers, like, I mean, one, one I've talked about this on, on pot chat before on how Correa has been a very controversial director. He took over Pennsylvania ballet. The company is practically at least half to three quarters turned over in a very short period of time. Um, and it, their marketing has been uh, less than professional with everybody from the dancers to on hell talking to the the press like they're airing their dirty laundry instead of dealing with matters internally um but i think that he's a very good example of of where where this this is um i'm gonna take a step back and explain a little bit more so often the way that companies work and this happens, this is the same with New York City Ballet, is that you have these audience members that love a company. Um, they may start as a single ticket buyer and then maybe they love it so much that they buy a season package of tickets so they see every program. And over a couple of years, they see a dancer that was an apprentice or a core member and they latch onto them and then they get to watch them rise. So they almost feel like they were there for their rise to stardom. 
and then maybe they have a really nice job and they've worked their way up the the, the ladder that the, the corporate ladder they start to make enough money where they have they can donate a little to the company and then they realize that they're more invested in the in the company than they thought and they donate enough to become a board member so uh they as a board member they have more privileges than regular audience members and maybe they finally get to meet this dancer that they've been watching with starry eyes since the first time that they saw the company so they get to rub elbows with with this dancer a little bit more and then the dancer rises even further up the the ladder of of stardom and these board members become more involved in the organization and they get to maybe make some more decisions and influence decisions a little bit more and then all of a sudden the dancer reaches the the end of their career and they retire and these board members are in love with these dancers and they can't imagine them not being a part of an organization and maybe there's a transition and they get pushed into a, a leadership position immediately so um i mean i I wish that that was me (laughs) i wish i was that principal dancer that had that i've had to work for everything that i've gotten um but not that they haven't but the the issue here I, i call it the principal problem because here's the issue a leading dancer first off many of them rise fast not all of them do but many of them rise fast they don't spend as much time in the in the studio with all of the dancers as they do um, with maybe themselves and their partner learning their roles and then they just step into the studio for full run-throughs. They don't necessarily learn the true functioning of this of a studio throughout the organization. Beyond that, <clears throat> uh, uh, a principal a principal dancer doesn't necessarily have uh, business training. Um, during my career with Pacific Northwest Ballet, I took college courses in business and marketing. That's why I feel like I've been able to really figure out how to like promote my career as a choreographer and a teacher and how I've been able to uh, use blogging and podcasting to, to also help promote those things. Um, but most principal dancers are, are so busy working and, and rehearsing that they don't have time to uh, go out and take college courses um, and invest in business courses specifically. Beyond that, there is something greater about fiscal responsibility uh, that I think is required of the job beyond just having your name and the memory of your career to woo donors. Now, the biggest thing here that I, I've I've seen happening um, as these star dancers are are turning into directors immediately is so uh, a principal dancer that is a star that is often mixing with these boards and uh, wooing people to to see watch shows and donate to the organizations. Um, they are often beloved by the boards. They're often beloved by their colleagues. Um, they're often beloved by the public. Um, they are beloved. They are very beloved. And um, when you're surrounded by that on a regular basis, you're used to people liking you. But one thing that I've learned in my time as a, a leader, and uh, I mean, granted, I haven't really been in major leadership positions, but when I directed Alaska Dance Theater for my interim period of time, I learned that you're going to be hated as a director. Um, You are making decisions about 
people's careers and your decisions are based on opinion because we don't have like we don't have we don't have factual information to promote people it's not like if you sell 5000 tickets and i sell 2500 tickets and i i get promoted like it it wouldn't make sense you would get promoted for selling more tickets and the dance world doesn't work that way the decisions on casting and promotion are are based on opinion um so when somebody moves into a leadership position and they are making these decisions all of a sudden they're they're going to be affecting people's careers and livelihood and they're going to be hated and a lot of these these dancers aren't prepared to go from everybody around them loving them to dealing with the consequences of what it may feel like personally emotionally and all of that um to to not to be disliked or even hated by by people that they are responsible for i think that that's a really important lesson that needs to be learned by somebody that's going to be in a leadership position and i don't think most of these uh star dancers are prepared for that transition of of how people look at them so <laughs> I in, in my complete opinion, I don't think that any of these leading dancers that people have, have mentioned should be considered for this position unless they have spent time outside of their dance career working on learning how businesses work. Because our arts world can our ballet world especially, um and even if, if we can't if we aren't gonna be able to get as many tax deductible donations now, it is more than more important than ever that we are seeking leaders in our dance world that yes, they have to be uh, dance savvy, they have to be business savvy, um, but they need to be educated, not directly out of their careers. Um, I would honestly love to see a, uh, somebody hired on as a director like, as an apprentice director. Where, like an associate director, where instead of waiting till somebody's ready to go, they have somebody that they're preparing to take over an organization so they can learn the ropes of it. And we're not just throwing these uh, green, uh, inexperienced dancers into leadership positions. Um, it's it's dangerous and I care about our art form and I think that the only way to move forward would be to, to do it in that way. So I don't have a name of who I think should take over New York City Ballet. Obviously, uh, it's going to need to be somebody that has a big enough name, but it, it needs to be somebody that has enough experience to take care of it. And I, I think that the best person for this job is not going to be a, the, the best singular leader. I think that for an organization that is the size of New York City Ballet and an organization that is as important to the cultural fabric of the United States, well, the New York City and the United States and the dance world at large internationally, I think that the person that should be in charge of that organization should be a team leader, not a leader, but somebody who can assemble a team and who can manage a team, who can manage the many, many moving parts of a, a massive cultural institution. We don't need somebody who's going to be a dictator anymore. And and based off of the stories that we heard of Peter Martins, he was a dictator in, in a certain sense. Um, so... Those are my thoughts on the matter. I do want to make sure that I end and say that I really do wish the best for all of my friends at New York City Ballet and all of the dancers that I have yet to meet at New York City Ballet and all of the administrators and the the orchestra members and the crew and the designers and 
costume shop and I just I, I just wish them the best and I hope that they make it through this tumultuous time uh, mostly unaffected. I know that there will be difficult moments, but I, I'm I'm really hoping that this is a positive change for the organization um, and that it will at once it once the the organization gets past this time that it'll come out better than it ever has been. So. Those are my thoughts on the whole New York City ballet situation, and that's who I think should take over the company. <laughs> I don't have a name because I think they need to be cultivated, and I think that it should be should be done uh, over a period of time. Um, I'm really curious. This has been a really hot topic in the ballet world these days. Everybody has been talking about it, either on forums, in person, um, in classes, uh, and all of that. So I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, do you agree with me? Do you think that one of these star dancers should take over the company? Why do you think that one of these star dancers should or shouldn't take over the company? Um, so you already know how to get in touch with me from the beginning of this episode. And if you missed that, I'm going to say it again in a second. So, uh, but yes, to all of, all of you at New York City Ballet, I hope that this transition is not is not as painful as it could be, and, and I, I wish the best to all of you. All right, let's end this chat. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrycorollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. New hosts from your favorite dance companies are being added monthly. And also, please make sure that you check out our sponsor, Body Wrappers. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolus, or Twitter, you can find me at Bariscos. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blogs. I have been posting on Life of a Freelance Dancer for five years about working as a freelance artist that is now in its archives. And then you can check out my newest blog platform, Dancing Off Stage, where I discuss the post-performance careers of professional dancers. I also have a YouTube channel where you can view my choreography, and you can find that by searching the channel B. Corollas. Thanks for listening into Pot of Chat. I hope you return in two weeks from this Friday to talk dance with me, and remember to go out and support your local dance scene. Thank you.